for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. What's going on, everybody? Tom Quiet here, live and amplified. You know what it is. We got another jam session podcast coming your way. I know things have been a little crazy the last week or two with the COVID virus, COVID-19, coronavirus. Trying not to say the words because I don't want to get flagged, but you know, it is what it is. We got another jam session podcast. This was This specific one was recorded back a few months ago when we were out in Nashville. Jess asked us to hold it for a few weeks, months before, until the music that she'd played was getting closer to release. And so we did that just for her. And, you know, so this week just happens to be the week that it releases, which is good because it's been really hard for us to get bands in or to go out on our trips to film more jam session podcasts. So it's good that this is the week that she picked. Happened to kind of work out. We have one more in the can that we filmed last weekend. So that's good. We're covered until then. And we have a couple of ideas on what we're going to do to keep producing Jam Session podcasts, which we're thinking about doing it through Zoom, kind of like how we do the live cast or the fan feedback interview. We'll just kind of do it through that and then just hope that the quality is not is not atrocious. But um, we're going to try one this weekend, maybe two, and see if we can extend our, our release schedule a couple of weeks. And if that works, we'll do that. And then we'll just keep doing it until we can actually get back out on the road and start doing it that way. Or continue to do it that way like we had planned. But until then, let's get it started, let's get it popping, let's get it rolling. You know what it is, you already know what we're doing. We got the Jam Session Podcast, we got an amazing artist on there, Jess Jacoy. We got an amazing fan feedback selection, the Lenores, all the way from Sydney, Australia. And then we have an amazing cover song, and then we're going to do some story time, and we're going to do all that kind of fun stuff. So let's keep it rolling, let's keep it moving. Most importantly, let's get it in. I hope it won't be that wrong anymore. I hope that I've learned this time. I hope that I find what I'm reaching for. Sweet. 
me, no, not if I can. I'd rather believe in love and give it away as much as I can to those that I'm fond of. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified jam session. We are here live in Nashville, Tennessee at the Diamond Town Studio. We have a very special guest today who just got done covering Waylon Jennings, Jess Jacoy. How are you doing today, Jess? I'm so good. How are you? We're doing amazing here. <laughs> um, so usually what we like to do in the first little bit is get to know you, your creative process, and stuff of that nature. So um, what got you started into music? Oh man, I've been singing as long as I can remember. Um, I started taking voice lessons at 13 and, you know, originally I thought I was just going to be a songwriter or a singer and then I moved to Nashville and realized, um, well, you know, I think songwriting actually started when I was younger, um, around 13 as well. I had written my first song but I didn't really know what to do with it. So um, once I moved to Nashville, I really understood that I needed to start honing that side of the craft. So um, I just, I've always been in love with music and then it's kind of just been this whole journey of understanding what to do with that love of music and, and how to find purpose in it. And what's your creative process when you sit down to write a song? Oh man, um, I probably shouldn't say this, but a lot of song inspiration comes when I'm driving to and from work and, and just in the car. So I have about a million and a half voice memos um, and Google Docs of just typing at red lights, you know, or, you know, just on the voice memos. Um, I think I have 650 unnamed voice memos, not including the named ones. So, uh, and I can't really understand why my phone's out of storage. Yeah. But the creative process, I mean, I, I have this um, room in my house that um, it's just the music room and, and it it's really just a couch and guitar. And I, I really play guitar more than anything. Um, and... I don't know, I'll just sit down and kind of let my mind wander and, and I have this purple wall, like deep purple that's kind of spacey. Um, and I just kind of stare at it sometimes and, and will just kind of let my mind wander and try to decide what is it I want to talk about and kind of roll from there. Nice. So you just did a Waylon Jennings cover. What was it about the song that really spoke to you? Why did you choose to do that song? 
there is just something that's always hit me in the gut with that song. Um, the, his rendition is just so simple and elegant and sad, you know, um, but also reminiscent and, and there's just so much beauty and simplicity there. Um, and then I know Alison Krauss did a version too and her version is just gorgeous. So, I mean, together it was just like how, you know, I don't do a lot of covers um, in my sets. I've been very blessed to play a lot of music out that is my own. Um, but that was one of the first ones that I knew I wanted to sing and try my hand at. So yeah, I just think it's the simplistic beauty in that song. So is it fair enough to say that he's one of your inspirations? I think so. I um, I have a lot of different inspirations, but I love classic country. You know, Waylon, um, Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, um, Billy Walker, like all those, you know, traditional country. And then, you know, I grew up on Alan Jackson and Shania Twain. Um, so finding a bridge to that, because, you know, I thought I was going to be a country singer when I started. And when I moved to Nashville, I had this idea that I was going to get a record deal right away and and it was all going to be golden and arenas from there. And, you know, I like I said, kind of going back again to figuring out what my passion for music looks like and how that relates to the kind of person I am. And um, yeah, that old old country is just it gets you. You know, there's something about it that's just timeless. So um, we're going to have you do an original. Uh, what's what original are you going to do? What's it about? What's what's kind of the vibe of it? I would love to um, do my song called Aching to Feel Alive. Um, and it's actually coming out this Friday. Um, it's the first single from my debut album, full length album release um, on April 10th. So, um, I yeah. I'm really excited to play it for you. Awesome. Hope you dig. Sky, oh, 
Aching to Feel Alive. Thank you for sharing that one with us. Thank you. So, how does that song make you feel when you play it live? It feels good. I mean, there's two different feelings, I think. Um, when I play it solo, it's nice. Um, I, feel, I always tend to, like, throw audibles and, and add extra chords and stuff. Um, so, it's fun to just play around with it and know that you're just in that moment. And then, um, with a band, it's just something completely different and something special. Um, I've been trying to play around with band configurations, and um, I've played it with uh, the standard bass, electric, drums, etc. But um, sometimes we'll interchange a, a steel player and a fiddler, so both are just magical. So it's it's something really special. For the people that don't know, your sh- what's a show? What's your show normally like? What kind of feel do they usually get at a show of yours? Um, during a show, I like to tell people that they're in for an emotional roller coaster because I believe um, songs should make you feel something, and and that's kind of my goal in life as a songwriter is to write songs that evoke some sense of emotion within the listener. And so I try to have a, a roughly equal balance of you know faster songs, if not mid tempo, and the slow ones. Um, but I've got just a soft spot in my heart for slow ballads and, and sad songs. So um, I do try to find a balance, though, and um, work with that as much as possible to give a well-rounded show. And you know, or sometimes you play with a full band and sometimes you play acoustic. How do you kind of balance that creatively? And Like I said, I, I have to remind myself when I am playing with a band because... Um, there's a lot of creative freedoms that go into playing by yourself, you know, and, and being on stage and knowing that you can throw in a couple extra measures here and there of whatever and just kind of freeform it. Um, and I have to remind myself when I'm with a band, like, okay, you gave them a work tape. They learned it a certain way. And yes, they're cool. They can change on the fly, but you don't want them to hate you afterwards. So um, the band that I play with, um, I think we've played together enough that we could call them my my go-to band um they're just the best cats in town they're so talented and so kind um and they've really become not just friends but family to me so yeah it's it's two different um exciting experiences separate but equal kind of thing um so this next original you're going to play you actually performed on songland which was a sh- series on abc if i'm right it was on nbc nbc yep my bad um what before we get to the song uh what was kind of the process of getting on songland and how how's that helped your career and what a strange experience um so it started off i saw a post um by shane McAnally, who was one of the uh producers if you will of the show they were called producers instead of judges um and he had posted like hey there's this new show i'm a part of called songland on instagram and and i thought what the heck you know it's for songwriters it's produced by the same people as the voice you know i'm a songwriter let's try it so um i think i was sitting in my car at lunch um, during the work week one time when i when i submitted and i submitted this song easy and Truth be told, I did not think anything was going to come from it. 
um, it's a slow ballad and it says, it was a heartbreak song, you know, um, and it, I was so angry when I wrote it that I, I put the guy's name in the song and thought, that's what you get, you know, and uh, lo and behold, like, I started getting messages from the producers of the show saying, hey, we want to talk to you further, like, can we set up Skype messages, etc. Then it was, hey, we're going to be sending you legal contracts, and then it's like, hey, block off February to April, two weeks, and um, in that time, um, I was asked to come play the Bluebird Cafe here in Nashville for the first time on my birthday, which was April 28th, so I was like, can you guys give me like a, a closer window? Is this going forward or not? Because it was just kind of months that it was, you'd hear all of a sudden and then not hear anything. Um, and it was on a Thursday that I asked them. And then um, they go, yeah, you're flying out on Tuesday. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to tell my job. Um, but it was just, it was the craziest experience. I'd never been to LA. It was it was wild. I don't know what else to say about it. You're surrounded by um, all these, you know, a lot of them were pop artists who were there at the same time I was. Um, and some of them, you know, I, at the time I had, you know, maybe 500 followers on social media and, and um, I saw a decent growth for me. I mean, I bumped over a thousand, you know, and, and that's the hardest part for me is social yeah. media. Um, so yeah, I, I, I had a lot of people afterwards going, we loved your song. Like, when is it going to be released? Cause, um, it, I had to take it down off my original EP, um, for the purpose of this show. And I kind of hemmed and hawed over re-releasing it, but I finally came to the conclusion that enough people were asking for it. Just strangers that I was like, well, give the people what they want. Awesome. Re-release the song. So we released it, um, on November 15th. Awesome. Once again, so. She said, Alex, we used to be friends. Can we ever be that? She didn't care if I was standing right there in blue. You give her that side slightly. The one that I hate now, but I loved it back then. Oh, I knew you were weak to her, but I
we'd sit there for hours just talking on your couch. You've done things with her that I can't talk about. You went radio silent, fell off of the world, and I hate. That I had to be that girl. 'Cause you needed something easy, easy, easy. You went for someone easy, easy, easy for you, baby. That was easy. Thank you for sharing that one. Um, you'd kind of started talking about this in the previous segment, but you were pl- uh, when you were getting ready to go on Songland, you were playing at the uh, Bluebird Cafe. Yes. For the people that aren't familiar with Nashville, can you kind of explain why that's actually a pretty big deal? So the Bluebird Cafe is this tiny little um, hole in the wall over in Green Hills, and it's in a strip mall. If you were going 30 miles an hour, you might pass it. Um, and it only holds about 90, 98 people. And it's hallowed ground. Um, some of your best songwriters have come through there. You know, and, and your best songwriters are still going through there every day. I mean, um, Taylor Swift, even. You know, mm-hmm. Garth Brooks, um, Tony Arada. Like, all these people have come and sat. And, and the beauty of it is... A lot of their writers' round styles is um, the writers are sitting in a circle, and the crowd is literally sorry, is literally positioned around you throughout the whole, you know, area, and they're eating the food, and it's the most intimate setting 
you could probably hope for to listen to some of your favorite songs by the people who wrote them. Um, and it's, there's such a magic to that place. And um, yeah, it, like I said, it's, it's hallowed ground. And you got to play there three times? I've got to play year? there three times. Yeah, um, actually the first time, um, I think the normal progression is like you audition at an open mic and then they invite you to do a writer's round and then you go from there. Um, but actually the, the gal who books, um, I did a show with her boyfriend um, over at the Bowery Vault. And so afterwards she's like, would you want to come do a Sunday spotlight at the Bluebird, which is a full band showcase? And I was like, uh, yeah, does anybody say no to that? <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah, it ended up working out that it was on my 25th birthday, which was exciting. Um, and since then, um, we played a writer's round um, with Musicians Corner, which is a Nashville um, summer festival series that they do down in Centennial Park, which I also got to play for the first time this year. And um, that was a writer's round, and that was really, really cool. And then um, this last time um, in November, we got to play there again for another spotlight, which was all exciting. And it's all been at, you know, the booker's request or... Um, musician's corner invited me to come down and do a round so i don't know i i find that pretty special um personally i, I think it's really cool it's, nice. a, it's a cool place well good uh you're gonna do another original for us mm -hmm. um what's what song are you gonna play for us um let's do let's do castles made of sand okay okay that one's now, not gonna be a single but um it's one of my absolute favorites um and it's going to be on this new record, which I am very, very excited to put out um, in April. So far, my, my EP came out in April um, of 2018, and now this one's coming out in April of 2020. So April must just be my favorite month. Right, what's this song about? This one's kind of a doozy. Um, it You kind of have to use your, your thinking caps a little bit. Um, I wanted to write a song that was from a different gender's perspective. Um, so I wrote it, the story is this father um, essentially telling his father that, you know, um, I'm not living up to your expectations, but we have a saying in my family, um, whatever you do, give it your best, you know, be the best. And, and um, so it's kind of molded off of that, of this wayward son who, quite honestly, is not really the protagonist here. He's kind of the antagonist, um, even though it's from his perspective. You know, and his father just has high hopes for him. Um, so it's it's delving into a father-son relationship, which is interesting since I'm obviously not a son. Um, but it was, it was a fun little experiment. I just wanted to see if I could do it. So I'll let you decide if you like it or not. <laughs> said, I thought you were gonna turn out to be somebody different But you went and ended up being everything I hoped you wouldn't If your mama could see you, she'd be turning her face away Never thought I'd say it, but I'm thankful she's in the grave So what does that say? 
Six cardboard boxes stacked up in a bed that's rusted. Get from my old man when I was still somebody he trusted. He wasted 25 years trying to build me up to the trade. In different directions Puts a stain on the family name But we're all gonna be What we're gonna be in the end Go and make your plans Gotta laugh at them If I was gonna do wrong I was gonna do it best as I can Couldn't put faith in Castles made of sand, oh no. He's got a chest full of medals and a hand that won't put down the whiskey. And I still got a scar on my cheek from the first time he hit me. Well, I guess going back to war every night seems like a fair trade. For being somebody everybody else can call brave. But we're all gonna be what we're gonna be in the end. Go and make your plans. Gotta laugh at them. If I was gonna do Gonna do it best as I can. Couldn't put faith in castles made to sand. Oh no. I put all my faith in a man who lived by the ocean. Tell me not to ask what was in all the shit we were smoking. He said this whole damn war is just a point somebody can make. They'll make that point no matter how many lives it takes. So what does that say? Right. 
Thank you once again for sharing. Thank you. Um, one thing, just so people don't think they're going crazy, you did switch from sitting to standing for this song. I did, yes. It, it, was there a specific thing that just you weren't feeling with the sitting, or what's what's kind of the difference between sitting and standing? I'm sure there are a lot of musicians that are upstart musicians that are... Um, for me, it's breath support. I mean, I... I'd like to say I have, you know, good enough breath support that I can sing it sitting down. And I can. It's just like, I don't know. There's also a, a freedom to standing that I feel like I can sway a little bit more. And, yeah, just kind of feel it in a different way, in, in a more um, freeing way. Because the oh. song is definitely one that takes emotion to, to put behind it. Understood completely. Um, this is a segment that we usually like to do. We want to help younger musicians. We want to try and give them as much advice as we can. So we're, we're going to kind of dedicate this next sure. segment to that. Um, what advice do you have for younger musicians? Um, I think the most important advice I've ever gotten um, that I try to tell people who are asking um, is, you know, find your inspirations but then find your own sound, you know, and find where that sits in the musical spectrum because, I mean, you can idolize so-and-so. I mean, I am in love with Jason Isbell. You know, I love his music, but they already have a Jason Isbell in the world, so you can't be him. So instead, you know, go be Jess Jacoy, go be whoever you are and find um, the musical styles that you love and then find a way to curate your own sound into it and it's not gonna happen overnight. And that's kind of the point, I believe, is, you know, your musical journey is supposed to take years, I believe. And that's kind of, you know, the balance of finding your purpose and then setting after that. So that's probably, I mean, the, you know, that's probably the best advice I've ever been given. And then I try and, you know, take that um, and, and apply it into my own life, especially when you're running dry on inspiration, you know, and. Um, run and dry on stories you know it's easy to um, kind of get lost so what's the one thing you've learned being or what's one thing you've learned that you wish you would have known as a younger musician when you were first getting your start um, when I first so where I'm from um, there were musical people and I had a musical friend but I was kind of the singer songwriter of the group so and and definitely like the singer at school in high school so um when i moved to nashville you're suddenly immersed with oh my gosh everybody is doing the same thing as you everybody's really insanely talented and they play more instruments than you whatever um i wish i hadn't compared myself so much to other people because with that i called it being a perfectionist but it was really setting myself up next to people and and comparing um and letting that get in the way of my building a community here um and i think community is really really important um so i wish i had spent more time in my first years getting out and and not being afraid to talk about my music and not being afraid to play it out because like the first year and a half i didn't play out at all i just sat in my college dorm bedroom and uh, wrote songs, you know, um, which is where Easy came from. But there's still something really um, 
really important about having friends to turn to, especially musical friends or not, but having friends and community to turn to. How has your music changed from when you first started to now? Um, when I first moved here, well, when I first, my first song was uh, at 13, I like had this epiphany in the middle of the night, which sounds kind of crazy, but I just woke up at like 3 a.m. and wrote this song in like 10 minutes and it was called God is Here. Um, and it was a Christian, like, contemporary song, but I don't know if that was the direction I wanted to go in. Maybe it was just, like, a sign, like, God is here showing you what you are meant to be doing. Um, and then I, I used to want to be like Miranda Lambert and, and find a, a sound like that. Um, since then, it's it's definitely morphed. I, um, I lost my father in 2013 to cancer, so a lot of my songs... Um, got really, really sad, and a lot of my writings got really, really dark after that. Um, but I think that was just something that needed to happen. So since then, I've been really trying to hone in on this, I mean, calling it Americana, but roots-based storytelling songs. And um, like I said, I love Jason Isbell. I love Emmylou Harris. Um, with this record that I'm about to put out, I, I think I found a sweet spot in between that storytelling and sound, um, but also it's it's just just Jacoy. Um, but like I said, I love country music and I love roots-based music and, and storytelling. I love, I'd love to be a better storyteller. So it's definitely that focus has shifted since I moved here for sure. Um, so you're gonna play one another original for us. Uh, what song are you gonna? Um, I can do a happy one now. I can do if my heart's gonna break. Okay. If that's okay. Yep, that's perfect. I go all the way to the moon. That's what it takes to follow you. Walk my bare feet across the fire. You were waiting on the other.
can't give me what it is they think I need. I don't care if I'm a fool. If anything can break my heart, baby, it's you. As we kind of start wrapping this up, um, what's one thing you hope people, when people take away from your music, as a when they come see you live, what's one thing that you hope they take away? Um, I'm just on this ever journey to, um, you know, make people. Let's just call it like it is. I want people to put down their phones for three or four minutes and just take in the music, and. Um, it's a really, really difficult task in a day where people's attention spans are so quick. You know, people get so easily distracted and with the phones and um, getting people to listen to lyrics, you know, because um, that's where I find my strengths and my passions are in the words. So I'm just on this ever hunt to, you know, just have people write songs that make people listen. That's what I want. That's all I want. <laughs> Thank you. Um... So you have some uh, some shows coming up and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So this kind of take this minute and promote what shows you have coming up where people can find your music. Yeah, um, we're doing a couple Nashville dates um, through February and um, March. We start kicking things off. We're going down to um, Chattanooga uh, slash Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, we're going down to Tallahassee. April's really stacked. Um, that's record release month, so um, doing some dates. Got one in North Carolina, still working on some stuff out there, and then um, going to Seattle for a few dates, and coming back, hopefully Portland, et cetera. So we're around, trying to do Georgia, trying to do, um, going to new markets, going to like St. Louis, Fayetteville, Arkansas, um, Kansas City, et cetera, so. Where are you playing in uh, Tallahassee? Um, at the Blue Tavern okay. on the 31st of March. Yeah, I'm excited. Nice. I went there a couple times. I was That's where I used to live before I moved to Texas. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to see. Where I might have some dates um, in Atlanta. I mm -hmm. do have a date in Atlanta a couple days after, so I'm trying to figure out something there um, for in between. Otherwise, I would have gone further down into Florida. Okay. But I will definitely be making my way back there. Nice. So. Um, and then where can uh, people find you on social media and stuff all you can find me everywhere, um, Instagram, Facebook, at Just Jacoy Music. Um, I'm on Twitter, even though I don't fully understand Twitter. Um, still, at Just Jacoy, at Just Jacoy Music. Um, I'm even on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. People underestimate LinkedIn. I really I like, like it. I feel like they do. Yeah, I yeah. really like it. Um, but before you leave, can you play us one more original? I would love to. I would love to play you... Um, so this record that I'm, I'm about to put out is called Such a Long Way, um, and this is kind of the title track from it. And the song is called Hope, but in parentheses, it's called Hope, Such a Long Way. And it just kind of sums up 
the intent of the record. So I really hope you enjoy it. Swearing to the gods in the sky, you're not really a bird. You need the sun to see the shadow when you're walking through the valley of death. You'll find a picture in the rubble of a burned down house, even when there's nothing else left. Such a long way, such a long way. This life is gonna pass you by if you're standing on the sidelines. You can look at all your friends living well, wondering when it'll be your time. All the leaves are gonna change, choir's gonna sing in the grail, the freeze over, bells are gonna ring and you'll start losing. And parts of yourself you're supposed to keep.
Thank you guys. I'm Jess Jacoy. Thank you, Live and Amplified, for having me. Thank you for coming in. It's been a pleasure. I hope you guys really enjoyed that jam session podcast interview segment. Uh, we're really enjoying the hell out of it, and we really appreciate Jess Jacoy for coming down when we were in Nashville and jumping on a session with us. Uh, it was an absolute blast. She was somebody that we've been trying to work with for a while, and then uh, we made our most recent trip to Nashville, and luckily everything worked out. Personally, I was a little worried that once she went on Songland, she was going to blow up, and it was going to be really hard to get a hold of her, but luckily we got our got her in the session and we're all good so I'm happy as a claim. But we're going to kind of run through this uh this uh next part relatively quickly. We've got an amazing 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 band all the way from Sydney, Australia, the Lenores. They are our fan feedback artist of the week. And as most fan feedback artists of the week do, I don't know a whole lot about them. But we reached out to you. We got a, a little bit of feedback from you. So let's go into this intro, find out a little bit more about the Lenores, and then we'll jump into the interview. And we will see you all on the other side. I stayed up until 11.48, but that's when I pulled up in. Okay, so this band called the Lenores, um, this band is crazy, I haven't seen a band like them in a long time, the energy is just amazing, you know, every time you go to this show, they're just always getting the crowd involved, they're always speaking to you between songs, they run around on the stage and everything, yeah, I highly recommend seeing this band, they're great. I love the Lenores, their songs are all wicked and they absolutely kill it live.
guys are based out of australia you're a little bit south of sydney correct yeah so the deal with us is there are four of us and uh we're from all over the place yeah like the furthest two people away are probably what two and a half hours away uh yeah slate's probably like two hours away yeah and i'm probably an hour away the closest between us um is probably 35 minutes so um we're quite spread out, a uh, couple up, you know, like west of Sydney and a couple like quite south close to the Wollongong. Okay. So um, spread out a bit. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, and so you guys, are you all from or born and raised in Australia or are some of you come from other places or? As far as I'm aware, I'm aware everyone's from Australia. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I just born and raised, you know, I've met a lot yeah. of the bands that we've talked to, they've all immigrated from somewhere else and now they call right. Australia home. So, yeah. um, so that, that was always very interesting to me. It was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I, I'm meeting more people not from Australia that are in Australia than people that are from Australia. There. Yeah, that's it. There you go. That's yeah, interesting. But, uh, so we're talking to the Lenores. Did I pronounce that band name correctly? Yeah, that's it. Oh, very good. That's a lot of awesome. people have trouble. Not really sure why. <laughs> pretty, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, like, we've got a, you know, we've I've, got a Lenores. Gotten like Leonores. We've gotten Lenores before quite a lot. Not sure why. Oh, wow, that, that's no good. Um, <laughs> so, I'm gonna. Who are or take a second to introduce yourselves and what you do with the or in the band 
or what instrument you play? Uh, hi, my name is Sonny and I play uh, mostly rhythm guitar and occasional yelling, so like backup stuff, not a lot, but yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm James and I write everything um, and I play guitar and do some solos and do some yelling up the front and just generally have a big head. <laughs> uh, what got you guys into music? Um, for me, it was an old guitar that my auntie had um, that had like maybe three strings on that I'd bash around on and um, didn't really, you know, think much about it. But then pretty much heard, I got given um, the album Nevermind for Christmas one year and that's it. Just crazy. Just blew my mind. Nice. All right. Yeah. And All right, for me, I guess. Um, so basically, I mean, I've liked music since I could remember. So like in terms of listening to music, it's been like since I was a kid. Oh, but yeah, sure. when I first, I guess, got into playing music, I remember when I was like 13, I wanted to get a guitar. And I kept on bugging my parents to get me a guitar, get me a guitar, and they got me like some like, you know, knockoff Stratocaster. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, being like, a 13 year old kid, I thought it would be much easier than what it, than what it was. Cause you know, you go on TV and everyone's just like, you know, shredded. you shredded and it sounds like good and it just hit it anything. And yeah, so obviously, you know, I tried to play it, wasn't very good at it. Uh, did a couple of lessons, still not very good at it. Every year I would take it out like around summer and try to learn guitar, nothing would work. Up until like when I was 24 maybe. So like, a while ago so like maybe a couple of years ago, four years ago maybe i um i decided that's it now i'm gonna put my head into it and learn guitar so i guess i went to youtube and you know tried to piece together you know lessons and stuff like that got power chords down first which is weird then got open chords down and you know i've been teaching myself as this man uh I'm, i mean i'm doing all right i guess <laughs> you got all right yeah. I mean, you're you're in a band, so I mean that's a that's a start, right? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So funny uh, story about that guitar as well. That um, cheap crappy knockoff Strat okay. that he has. Um, I think it's what brand is it? Monterey. Monterey. So it's yeah. Like, so he played it for a couple of years, um, and went no, nah, hate this thing. This is the worst guitar ever. Um, I went over to his house one time, you know, a little while ago, and I hadn't seen it before. So I was like, oh, do you mind if I play that? He goes, yeah, it sucks. I hate it. So I pick it up and like three minutes later, I go, how much do you want for it? <laughs> I bought it off. It's like, it actually played really damn well. Nice. So I've used that on stage as well too. And I, you know, modified it a little bit and yeah, it's, it's a killer guitar. To each their own. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, I mean... I think every once in a while, it doesn't matter. It's more about how the player feels about the guitar than what the guitar actually is, you know? So I think yeah, you get sure. a good sound out of anything. Yeah, know? that's it. And especially, like, the music that we play being sort of, you know, grungy and thrashy and stuff like that, it basically, for me, I'm not a big gearhead. Basically, anything that 
sounds like a guitar and that I can get feedback out of. I don't really care yeah. apart from that, really. So yeah. I guess I guess I'll probably just have a bad like a bad approach to that guitar because I remember like going in year eight. Bad association. Bad association. In like eighth grade, I would have um, I went to school and they had guitar lessons. And the teacher there was like the biggest you know, D-head ever. I don't know if I can yeah. swear here, but yeah. Nope, you're good. Go ahead. D-head. Go for it. Go for oh, it. D-head. Go for what it. What a fuck with. Poo-poo-caca, D-head. head <laughs> You see? Yeah, well, he was, he was a bit of a jerk. And uh, yeah, he made, yeah. See, That's people basic. always ask if they can swear at the end of the po- interview, and it's like, oh, dang it, I've been censoring myself this whole time, and it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, no, it, there's no, or, I mean, I don't want to say there's no rules, because then we might end up with some weird stuff going on, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so how's, um like, the big thing going on right now is the coronavirus deal. How's that kind of currently affecting you guys? Oh, man. We, um, yeah, we've uh, only been around since November 2018. And in that time, we've done close to 100 shows. So going from, you know, three shows a week, four shows a week sometimes to nothing, um, it's kind of a big deal. Um, You know, it's not so bad when you think about, like, a lot of the venues wouldn't pay us anyway. But... (laughs) I mean, in terms of getting recognised, uh, our gigging was like kind of the bread and butter of, you know, getting recognised. Mm-hmm. Almost any small band, that's how it is. For yeah. Them. So that's really kind of affected us. We're trying to think of ways we can um, make up for it. So maybe do like live stream gigs. Uh, we're trying to get something worked out with that. And also another thing, like uh, we were also playing, planning, and uh, I wouldn't call it a music festival, but like a big music event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a pretty big show. So there was like sixteen bands. It was it was gonna go it was supposed to happen on the nineteenth of April. Mm-hmm. Uh but unfortunately due to that it's had to be uh it's had to be postponed now and yeah. uh, we don't know if we're gonna hold it. And we put a lot of money into it as well. So. And yeah. like with the sixteen or so bands that we had, you know, we had a lot of people who were supportive and a lot of people who were um you know, pretty keen for this show. So we, you know, we're definitely working to get it going again and so that it will happen because we had like, apart from just a lot of local awesome bands, we have, um, you know, quite a few Aussie bands from yeah. around, so like, different states. And stuff. So we've got a couple of bands coming from uh, Queensland, which is the mm-hmm. state up north. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily... One of them didn't book flights. The other band did book flights. Luckily for the one that did book flights, they were able to, uh, I think they got like credit credit or something, but like the, the flight didn't go to waste. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, on that note, uh, just kind of a little side note. I'll probably keep this in just because it's going to be funny. Um, if you guys are interested this weekend, we're doing a virtual festival, a virtual music festival. So when this is done and over, we could talk about that offline a little bit if you want. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. We actually yeah. think about it. Yeah. 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 So, Cause one thing I was looking at the schedule and I'm like, dang it. The late, like what would be considered early morning in my time, because it's a 24 hour music, a virtual music festival. So the oh, whole idea uh, would still being in a completely different time zone then. <laughs> yeah. That, like that was the whole idea. Cause we had, 
we have a lot of connections in the UK, all across the US, and then Australia and New Zealand. And by my mm -hmm. math, I was like, well, we have all, all 24 hours covered because until yes, sure. 4 or 5 p.m., is still considered daytime for you guys because 5 p.m. here yep. is like 10 or 9 your time, something like that. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's just like we had it all covered, but there's like this weird time where I'm having a hard time filling spots. So <laughs> right. We'll play at 3 in the morning. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the whole idea was to uh, have – music going for a full 24 hours and looking at it it's like well we might go longer than 24 hours but you know it is what it is i mean yeah. it's not like there's any restrictions it's like yeah that's it. Ever, man. yeah you're not gonna have neighbors complaining no not at all but yeah that's definitely that's something we can chat about after this if you yeah. guys are interested in what have you um so but, yeah we're our best from the us are you just sorry just oh no, no you're good uh i'm in waco texas Oh, nice. Yeah. Isn't, yeah. That, yeah. isn't that also like home of Dr. Pepper, I think? Yep, it is. Yep. <laughs> it's Don't a weird it. thing to know. I love Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I, actually, the day that I found out I was moving here, this is kind of a funny story. I was at a restaurant, and when they brought me my drink, I ordered a Pepsi, and they gave me a Dr. Pepper instead. <laughs> as they were handing my drink, I got the call to say, hey, you got this job in Waco. And I took the drink and I was like, well, this is either the most strange way to break it to me or the whatever. It's a cool drink. sign. It's a good sure. sign, man. Or it's a good sign. Like, I ordered a Pepsi. They brought me a Dr. Pepper and you just gave me a job in Waco, the home of Dr. Pepper. You know, it was just really funny. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. But That's good. It, it's, it's funny that you know that. Like, I didn't think a lot of people knew that. You know. Well, I'm a, I'm a big Dr. Pepper fan. <laughs> like, I remember when I first tried Dr. Pepper, I think they had a test run of it in Australia, like, back in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. And I remember trying it for the first time. Like, I thought it was Coke for some reason, being a little kid. Yeah. And I tried it, and I'm like, that's not, that's not Coca-Cola. And I didn't like it at all. And it was just sitting in the fridge for, like, almost a month. Uh -huh. And then, like, one day I had nothing to drink, like, no soft drink. Or yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll give it another go. And then, like, oh, that's not that bad. And then, like, I finished the whole thing. And I became addicted to Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like gold down here in Texas is Dr. Yeah. Pepper. And it's like Not a lot well, of people like it. No. My sister loves it. I don't. I just never got hooked on it, you know. It yeah, is what it is. An acquired but, taste. Yeah, I I'd, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Um so for the people that aren't really familiar with you, what Kind of, what's your sound like? What's your shows? What can people expect at your shows? Like, what's oh, um, so our sound would I kind of describe it when people come up to us at shows just before we start? Like, um, basically, if you like Nirvana, you're gonna like us. Okay. Um, we've got that sort of sort of garagey, yeah. you know. But um, with the shows, it kind of like people who don't even like our sort of music end up loving it because you know we just go nuts um you know the energy running around you know um me and daniel the bass player are wireless so we just go into the crowd and you know push people around or whatever or you know like 
imagine you're sitting up the back and you know you got the bass player and the guitarist right in your face sort of thing it's it's that sort of view trying to eat dinner yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um what's your uh, favorite song to perform live you got this song for you um we got a song called killer which um in the back half of it is basically just a big instrumental thing um, and that sort of ties in with the live show because um, it's a pretty like jumpy song itself. So uh, me and Daniel basically just jump into the crowd and run off and do solos and go crazy and sometimes get in the mosh and just like, that's, it's pretty nuts. So Killer's pretty cool. Like, I guess my favorite one is, uh, I, I like Killer as well. So that's probably tied along with Pranoia. Pranoia is usually, safe to last uh what's cool about pranoia is towards the end of the whole thing we usually just you know our outro is just like we let the all our feedback like the, feedback we'll, we'll start playing about pedals i've got this like uh death by audio pedal and it's like it makes absolute like it just makes the whole you can't explain it yeah it just it just makes your guitar sound broken in a good way if you guys want to know, you can easily like check our last post on Instagram. We posted the yeah. last bit of our last set that we played. And it's basically him on a ladder, <laughs> smoke everywhere. And uh, one of the audience members was on a ladder as well. And I was just like playing that the guitar with that pedal on. It's all like just going all, it almost sounds a bit like a wah pedal, but there's no yeah. wah pedal going on. It's just like nuts, chaotic. you, you got to come to a show to see it. Yeah, it's just yeah. so chaotic. <laughs> nice. Um, and then you guys, do you guys primarily play around Sydney or do you guys get to travel out or like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we mainly play, um, around Sydney. There's a town in the West, like in the West of Sydney called Newtown, um, that we play a lot. Uh, we play down in Wollongong as well, which for, you know, anyone who doesn't know where that is, it's kind of south of sydney it's an hour and a half south of sydney basically um but it's a pretty good i don't want to say music scene sound like a bit of wanker but <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you know there are quite a few venues down there and you know it's a good atmosphere to play in um but we went on a tour recently as well so we went to we did a couple of shows in Sydney and Wollongong. Um, then we did a couple of shows in Melbourne, a couple of shows over in Adelaide, and then back to Sydney. So that was really cool getting around. We had um, a band with us as well. Dirty from mindsets. Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> dirty mindsets. They were really cool. Really look good lads. So, yeah, look them up. Really good lads. Um, so we took them with us. Yeah, awesome. it's pretty and nice. They're local to Sydney as well? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, they live more out west and we're kind of, you know, a little bit more south. Um, they're more closer together. I think they're like basically in the same region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same region. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, we're like miles apart. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and the, is it, or, and it's not easy for you guys to get out and travel, right? Because it's like living in the middle of nowhere where you guys are at. It's Yeah. Um, so... Where we where we live is kind of suburban, so um, it's not so bad getting around there. Um, and then you know we'll head into the city for gigs and stuff like that. But um, I mean, Australia, like the US, is pretty damn big. So you know you go on a 
tour of a couple of cities and you know takes you a while to get around so uh you know we're lucky enough though um we got flights pretty much everywhere which is good um you know so we weren't traveling all in one car (laughs) so it's not so bad gotcha um and then so one thing that we like to do is help give uh advice to younger musicians so what advice do you have to give for people that are just starting out i thought you were going to give us advice I was gonna be like, and we like to listen to our advice. Yeah, I, was, I, was I mean, I, I mean, if we get to that point in the conversation, I definitely have a lot of advice to give. But just, you know, we would love that. Yeah. Um, um, do you want to go first? <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Be. <laughs> you go first. I'm trying to think of it. Okay. Um, especially if you're trying to get gigs and you know, kind of get around and get a, you know, get well known. For us, it would be like two things like play heaps of shows and be good people because you know um whenever we're headlining a show and we're looking for other bands we can always go like yeah they're cool they're really nice oh no they're a bit shit you know they're crap whatever um so like people remember if you're an asshole to them basically um on the other hand as well people remember if you you know if you help them out or even if you're just a nice person to be around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd be it for me. Just play as many shows as you can, say yes to everything, and um, just be decent, you know? All right, being, I guess, the guy in the band has most experience booking shows, I guess. Uh, all I want to say is um, just, like, being in a band isn't easy work. Like, there's two there's two aspects of it. There's two versions of it. There's a band that just wants to be local and not do much gigging. And then there's the band that wants to do gigging and wants to get their name out there and kind of depend on being in a band. Mm-hmm. We're more in that one. We're more in that group. Now, a lot of bands that start out want to be in that group as well. And they, um, they feel very disheartened or very, um, very down if they get you know if they don't get told to play a gig or if they get declined on a radio or something but being told no or being declined to get played on a radio and stuff like that is not an absolute end to it's not an absolute end to your music career it's just another way of saying all right i'm going to take a breath a little bit of time off and try to fix out that king and then come back at it and uh, see if it works that time. If it doesn't work that time, you try fix a bit of more gigs. And I think, um, um, resilient would be a good word for it. Yes. Like the amount of times that we've been kicked in the teeth by, you know, um, for example, bands saying that, oh yeah, we'll have you on the show, and then like, you know, just going, oh nah, sorry, we're going with someone else, or you know, um, radio station, radio stations telling you to bugger off for, mm. you know. Just, Whatever. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, we've gotten that so many times, but we never say no. We never, like, I know some bands that, you know, they got told that once or twice, and then they disband, and then they try, you know, to do another band. Mm-hmm. But no, like, you just need to keep on, you know, keep on going at it. Yeah, you got to keep on going at it, and uh, don't take no for an answer. And also, just, you know, just give it all you got. 
because you never know if one person likes your stuff then another person will like your stuff and then before you know it a whole bloody town likes your stuff yeah that's yeah. It. yeah and then and then that's the thing radios will play what's popular they don't play what's necessarily good yeah, yeah. so if you're if you get popular then that's it that's that's what you need so you need you know like we don't need to tell you that you know you could flip through five radio stations and it's all crap you know like mm-hmm. it's, it's not about the quality of what you put out 99 times out of 100 you know? also yeah. another so, another yeah. advice and a lot of bands don't pay attention to that is that you need to also thrive off your social media i know it sounds shallow and say oh i know you know social media this but in this this day and age when like you know if you're an indie band yeah, that doesn't get yeah, that doesn't get much coverage. Your social media is going to tell everyone everything that they need to know. So if you're like a band that's doing very well in gigging, but at the same time, your social media is like no display pic and like just one or two posts and like two followers, then like if someone's going to book you, they're going to go look you up and they're going to say that. And they're going to say, no one's going to come to my gig if I put it. So that's another thing to consider when you're trying to start a band, I guess. Mm. Nice. Uh, so to kind of piggyback off that, uh, the one thing I would definitely say is don't take anything personally because, yep. you know, yeah. it, it's one of yeah. those things where sometimes people say something in the heat of the moment, but they maybe not necessarily mean like maybe they like specifically talking about a band that said they'd like to have you on their show or whatever or on their tour or whatever, maybe in the heat of the moment, it was cool. And then, you know, you, so you just can't take things personally, but then again, on the flip side, your word should be your bond. Cause I'm a huge believer in your word is your word. And that's all you have. Yeah. So, I think um, that's when it sort of hurts us when we have people that, you know, um, sometimes we consider friends, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's the sort of thing with us if we say you know we're doing this and we'll be here at that time that's exactly what we're going to be doing um so it's kind of jarring when it doesn't come back the other way you kind of expect you know if someone says yeah 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 we'll you know we'll do this and you'll be on at this time and then you know you turn around and the next day they tell you to fuck off basically yeah um sort of but yeah i i understand what you mean you can't take it personally especially when you know you got a hundred thousand people in one city trying to, you know, write songs and trying mm-hmm. to play shows and trying to get on the radio. You can't really. I mean, it's kind of difficult because at the same time, you're, you know, if you're a band that's on the road 24 seven and like being, you know, multiple, like hundreds of times a year, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard not to take that personal, but honestly, I've grown to get used to it. I don't want to say desensitized, but, I've kind of got, gotten used to it because like we've been, as I said, we've been rejected heaps of times. Uh, we've been accepted heaps of times as well. But yeah. like, you know, after a while, you know, it's like you kind of expect it. So you never take anything that you get offered, at least in the music business, you never get, you never take it. You always take it with a pinch of salt. You never take mm-hmm. it like it's 100% going to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that that's the... That that kind of leads into the other thing I was saying about your word is your word. Like you have to be able to only hold yourself accountable for what you do. And so like, let's say like you can't expect anything out of anybody other than yourself. Like I, I'm just kind of speaking freely here. So it may not make a whole lot of sense, but 
you know, just for the younger musicians, do everything you can to keep your word. And if somebody else bails on you, make that mental note, but don't take it personal, you know, so. That's it. Um, so uh, what's one thing that you guys feel like you could really improve on to help bring the band to the next level? And maybe we can start a conversation to really try and look at this and try and help you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm always trying to write like cool songs and stuff like that. Um, so I guess if there's anything like for me personally, I'm, you know, I'm always trying to write something a bit different or write something cool or write cool riffs or cool lyrics, whatever it is. And so like going forward, but I'm, I'm always trying to improve in that sort of thing, you know, like, I want to be better on the next album than I was on the latest one. And then the next one would be better. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll probably add the same thing to an extent. I mean, I only play guitar in it, but as I said, I've only been playing guitar for four, like four years or so. So obviously I try to, you know, work on my guitar playing so I can be better at each show. Um, another thing I guess for me is like, one thing that's like, it's getting, as I said, I, I, I market a lot of this band stuff and it's trying to get your name out there. So it's usually, I, tr I look at what I went wrong in previous, um, in previous, uh, what's the word for it? Like in previous occasions when I tried to, you know, market, market the band to a radio station or to mm -hmm. a, promoter or to a uh, another band mm -hmm. and I try to look at that email and if it didn't go well I try to see where it didn't go well and mm -hmm. see what I could have done and what might have changed it what I would have said that would have been better maybe the way uh, maybe how many emails I sent or how many emails I didn't send mm -hmm. just try and fix up that stuff gotcha. but yeah and often you know we ask people especially with the last album that we did um, that came out like in the first week of this year um, we sent it out to a couple of people and we asked, hey, you know, um, could you let us know what you thought? Uh, a lot of it came back, you know, oh yeah, it's really cool, this and that. But, you know, it doesn't really get you anywhere if they don't sort of give you the negative side of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we asked, okay, where could we have done better? You know, um, what did you think of this and that? You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's always sort of in the back of our mind to try and, you know, be the best that we can at what we're doing. Yeah. Um, one thing that just popped into my head as far as promoting your music, have you thought about maybe coming up with, let's say, like 50 social media influencers? Like, find 50 YouTubers cause that do, like, extreme sports or something of that nature send them some of your music and say hey whatever if you ever need a new song for a video that you're making feel free to use any one of these songs just put our name in the credits because that's something that i've seen work really well especially in like the hip-hop and r&b world it's working really well because they'll send it to just like random like vloggers but like if you kind of can pinpoint where your music would fit and for me 
it would seem like the extreme sports stuff. So like the people that are doing backflips off their motorcycle and stuff like that, you know, maybe that's an avenue you can explore or maybe like the skateboarding skateboarding or like the alternative models and stuff like that, you know, maybe mm. try and look at that. That might be a good avenue for y'all. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've tried we've tried a few um, influences, but to be honest, we haven't tried uh, extreme sports. So that might be something That's that we good. need to tap into. Yeah, yeah good avenue to sort of go now. Yeah, I mean, I'm just that that's coming from an outsider looking in and like we've literally been talking for about a half hour so like so like i mean i that's something that i think may work really well and then the other thing i can't say enough is just your basic facebook advertising like i would say go into facebook and then just start advertising like if you have a music video that you're getting ready to release yeah that something. works quite well, actually. We've um, done a fair bit of Facebook and Instagram advertising, yeah. yeah. And um, we find that they work quite well. Um, and, I mean, like, and we appreciate the um, idea as well because yeah. anything to get more listeners, yeah. you know, we're happy with. Yeah. Um, actually, here's something else that you may try. Is LinkedIn a big thing in Australia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't use many it, people but... use it for job, like for real jobs. <laughs> well, yeah, here, yeah. here, here's an interesting thing you may want to try. Um, have one of you build out a LinkedIn page and then start adding all the people that work for the specific radio stations that you've been trying to reach out to. Mm, so that's, that, that's, a, that's good advice. Yeah. So because uh, here's what here's how I'll tell you this works. Because uh, we have a working agreement with a microphone company and how I got in contact with them was back last, last springtime, actually, I started adding all their salespeople and just like random people that worked for the company on LinkedIn. And then every couple of days, I would post one of our videos that featured their microphones until one day their director of sales saw it and was like, Hey, I like what you're doing. Can we send you some free stuff? You know? So just, just kind of look at that and see, you know, it's LinkedIn right now is like what Facebook was 10 years ago. So it might might be a good opportunity for y'all. I definitely see a bright future for musicians and stuff. So. I actually really appreciate that advice. I had no idea about yeah, that. So yeah. I just thought it was for like office jobs. I don't know. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I mean, it, you do have to come at it a little bit differently on LinkedIn. Like you have to come off sounding a little bit more professional. Yeah. But, you know, like, I mean, in the same vein, if you just post a music video or a performance, you know, it gets the same point across. Yeah, yeah for sure. But... You know, that just a little bit of advice because I know you'd mentioned you're always opening to that stuff. So I just figured I'd drop my two cents on yeah. you. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. So um, where are you guys at currently in the in your writing process? Are you getting ready? Are you currently writing, recording, getting ready to release, just released? Yeah, Um. so we released... Uh, our first album on the 3rd of January. Yeah, this year. 
um, and that's why we did that big tour. Um, as for writing, I I don't think I'd ever really say we're currently writing because we're always writing. You know, okay. like whether I get up at three in the morning and have an idea, or whether you know we're jamming, we're sort of always putting stuff together. Um, so we're always looking forward in that sort of case to record some more and that sort of thing. I guess the next few months are going to give us more more opportunity, right? There's nothing happening mm-hmm. and we have to stay indoors for most of the time. So. Yeah. How are, uh, like, I mean, I know we talked about the virus a little bit ago, but are they, are what what are they projecting in Australia? Are they saying it's going to still be a couple of months or like? And with Unfortunately, with our government, um, it's, to describe it in one word, shit. <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, what the feeling of everyone in the US is or everyone um, who's sort of listening to this. Um, but typically when we get conservative governments in Australia, they tend to kind of not do much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so they've just started banning some more things now like um funerals are down to 10 people mm-hmm. um weddings are down to like five if you're planning on dying like don't die yeah. <laughs> yeah leave it a couple months die then yeah. uh yeah unless you didn't have many friends <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> um, <laughs> i mean that's the sort of thing you know they're starting to sort of um bring stuff down now but with us being Australian as well, everything's pretty laid back. So it's a very, it's very much a case of, oh yeah, it'll be right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it lasts a couple of months and, you know, we're kind of going to have to take a week by week, basically. Yeah. I've, I've, heard, that, that, I've heard that they've actually, uh, you know, worked on a cure, but they just need uh, time to test it on. Yeah. You know? That that seems that seems to be what I've heard is they've still got to get it through like the clinical trials and whatever. Yeah. So, so it might be until like October, maybe. November. Yeah, something. But I know in the U.S. it's very divided. Like on the conservative side, they want to get it. They want to get the country back up and running because right now there's not much going on. Like everything's at a standstill. All the small businesses yeah. were like depending on where you live all the small businesses were forced to close down. And if you're a non-essential business, you had to close down. So basically, but, and then that's the weird right hook of it all is the list of non or the list of essential businesses. It's like, you know, that's like 75% of the population. So you're not really shutting anything down. You're just saying, hey, all you guys have to shut down. So it's like really weird. And so everybody's saying... Yeah, it's quite weird here too, you know, with, um, you know, basically overnight, there's a lot of unemployment. Um, mm. So people are kind of looking for assistance. Um, obviously, like you said, we've got the essential services running, mm-hmm. um, but it's all, it's all really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, maybe in a week we'll be saying something different, but for right now, everyone's kind of just more or less staying home. And like I said, we <laughs> our whole history, we've had the sort of attitude of, yeah, it'll be right. Don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> and that's kind of what we're going with. Nice. 
All I can say is that everything, like, I had to drive today to his place and everything outside is just so quiet and almost, like, apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just, like... It is quiet, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, like, gloomy and it doesn't help that the weather today is, like, so, like, gloomy as well. But, yeah, yeah. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I get to uh, experience Central Texas under this whole shelter in place thing tomorrow because tomorrow will be the first time I actually have to go out and drive somewhere. Like the last two days I've just kind of been staying at the house. And it's like if I don't gotta go anywhere, I'm not going to. And then Yeah, that's it. I got a call from my boss is like, hey, we need you to go do this. And I'm like, oh I guess that (laughs) shelter in place doesn't matter anymore. Okay. Cool. (laughs) You know. So it'll it'll be an interesting experience, and I know it's hurting a lot of local musicians and musicians all over the world. Like that's yeah, why start, that's why you're starting to see all the virtual festivals pop up and live streams, and you know, and hopefully that'll be able to help. Although it's not going to be able to completely fund or bring in the money like a regular live show would. Yeah but at least it'll maybe be able to offset some of the loss that you're feeling. I mean, honestly, from a um, point, from a, um, like you can turn it into a kind of onto a positive. I mean, if you're a small band that's starting out and you want to get, you know, a bit more known, now's the best time to reach out to a slightly bigger band and they might be keen to do a live stream with you and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, that's one thing that I've noticed. A lot of bands, doesn't matter of uh, how well known they are or how big or how small they are, are keen to work with other bands, especially during this period, uh, because everyone's just in the same boat, basically. So yeah. um, to get the positives out of it, I mean, if everyone's staying home, uh, streams are going to go up. You know, people are going to be listening to music or you know watching YouTube or whatever. So I mean, if we can sort of get a positive take on it, you know. Um, there'll be more people trying to discover more music. I mean, if you want people's attention, now is the best time to get people's yes. attention. I get Absolutely, absolutely. But, Just looking at it from that point of view, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once everything kind of gets back on track, uh, the plan is to get your to get the music festival. I think it's called a uh, Lenny Palooza, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be really cool. Um, you know, we've we're already working on that for six or so months. Um, but yeah, like I said before, a lot of cool Australian bands from Queensland, Western Australia. We got. Do you have any Victorian bands? No, nah, no, nah, we're too good. <laughs> but we got a lot of cool bands from around the place um, mostly from mostly from new south wales but yeah. yeah a couple of interesting ones yeah. um so it'll be cool once we get it going and once we've got the all clear and no one's sort of freaking out about it mm-hmm. um because it'll be good for especially the smaller acts as well to you know get a little bit more exposure and play to you know bigger people so We've also, um, now this is because I planned the set times mm-hmm. and for, and for, for Lenny Palooza, it was basically you get a couple of small bands, a bigger act, then a small bands again, then another bigger act, small bands again, bigger act, small bands, and then the headline. So basically 
if you so basically it's not all small bands at the beginning and all the big bands at the end because that way nobody will come at the start and then everyone will just come at the end and all the bands that played in the beginning won't get any coverage mm. so i thought this would be a better way of putting it so that small bands get you know get some attention yeah that's that sounds like good timing actually you know mm. so yep um but yeah, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer because I know it's in the middle of the afternoon for it. Or right? I mean, we got nowhere to go. <laughs> it's probably you that has to get to bed. What time is it over there? Uh, 11:02 p.m. Yeah. So it's, it's not it, it's not too late just yet, but it's getting there. I mean, getting I go to bed at 4 a.m. these days, 5 a.m. So for me, that's yeah, like afternoon, 13 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, normally. Like on the weekends, I'll catch myself up until three or four a.m. Like I'll pull eighteen, nineteen, twenty-hour days just because yeah. I'm not worried about it. But like when yeah. I have to be up and actually like functioning by a certain time, it's like, yeah. all right. Well, fine. if I have to get up in the morning, I'm in bed at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can get by. I on that. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, but so what's the what's kind of the plan moving forward do you have any shows that are booked far enough out that you don't think will be affected by anything or yeah um so we've got a couple of live streams um in the works um supposed to be a secret Except if you're a Lenore's fan, just don't listen. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've been working to try and get some stuff up and running so that um, we can sort of um, entertain people, if you will, and sort of get back to it and, you know, do what we can in a sort of weird time. Um, but other than that, basically, you know, when they say go again, when we're allowed to do everything we're going to be back to you know three shows a week sort of thing and don't be surprised if like the first day they say go we're playing a gig that night (laughs) and are you is everybody in the band full-time musicians or do you all have like little side jobs or full-time uh yeah it's kind of a bit of both um i'll wait till this oh this is right (laughs) you got a big delivery truck oh it's all good can you still hear us (laughs) yeah i can hear you all right. Um, yeah, so a couple of us have jobs. A couple of us just like live off the government. Some of us go to uni, try to go to oh, university. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us go to university and live off the government. <laughs> Some of us just stay at home. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, our drama, our drama works and our bass player works. Uh, I still like to think. I used to work. (laughs) work. I used to work as well. You can't exactly work like teaching students right now because they're all sick. Yeah, they're all sick or all scared of getting sick, which is fair enough. So you can't exactly teach kids now. You know, across the other side of the room. So so I take it like all the schools are shut down and stuff right now? Yeah. It only just happened. Yeah, Um, so basically schools are going to probably be shut down by next month at the moment they're still running some of them have been some of them are still running so i think the majority are closed um you know like my sister's home doing classes from home um i think a lot of the primary schools are still open um like you see we have primary schools and then high school so like kindergarten year six and then year seven and year 12 so a lot of the 
older kids can look after themselves. They can stay at home, sort of do schoolwork, do assignments, whatever. But, you know, if you've got an eight-year-old, you're not going to leave them at home by themselves. So yeah. oh, um, a lot of the primary schools are still going. I think it's just funny that they actually think high schoolers are going to do their work. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I was thinking. I like, live in nerds. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to be on, like, Xbox and, like, PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. I was watching an interview this morning, and uh, the or it was, like, this live Q&A type thing. And uh, this teacher jumped on, and she's like, I don't understand why all the teachers are trying to uh, do online lessons because you know damn well that the, te- the students aren't going to be paying attention to you. They're literally going to have the live stream open and then they're going to have Angry Birds or Xbox or <laughs> PlayStation on the other screen and they ain't going to be paying no attention to you. Like, I actually saw a video of, I don't know if it went viral or not, but a video of some guy who recorded basically uh, like a five-minute clip of him just pretending to listen and just put that on a loop. Mm-hmm. So when they were doing their Zoom classes, yeah. it was just the same video of him on a loop, on a loop. <laughs> and yeah, and it looked pretty convincing as well. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that so much. Did but, you hear about what happened in China like last month? Apparently they had to close, well, when they had to close unis in Australia, um, a lot of Chinese students, well, when they had to, you know, um, limit the entry of Chinese students to Australia because of the virus that was spreading yeah. in China. A lot of the Chinese students were um, given the option of uh, learning online uh, through an app. And basically what most of the Chinese students did was downvote that app on uh, the app store <laughs> that it was taken off the app store. Oh. And then they didn't and then they didn't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the app even said uh, the app was like, you know, please, you know, send out like a statement, please stop downvoting us, you know, this is our business. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah. that's funny and messed up at the same time yeah yeah it's funny on the surface and then when you think about it, there's probably like ten thousand people to work for that <laughs> a lot of people are like this is our livelihood yeah what, doing are, you, that. what yeah. are you doing but um, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> my children need wine <laughs> but when you guys aren't playing music what, what do you do for fun like what's a what are you guys doing when you're not playing music Oh, play music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we play music. <laughs> um, I don't know. We just sort of hang about and take the piss out of each other, basically. <laughs> um, you know, if we're not playing music, we're talking about music, or you know, saying, "Oh, this band's really good," or "This band's really shit." Or, you know, <laughs> we never say that a band is shit. No, <laughs> no, we think every band is fantastic. Yes. Um, but yeah, we're either you know playing shows, driving to shows, or like, you know, booking shows. I mean, other than that, we're just doing regular stuff. We go to the movies, we go grab grab lunch or dinner. Bowling. Bowling (laughs) once. We uh, just hang out with friends, stuff like that. Just regular people stuff. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, And then what's the, uh, well, I'll go ahead and ask this question. It's a vague question. But I'm going to let you, I ask it vaguely so you guys can have the freedom to kind of answer it how you want to answer it. But why music? Um, it's one of, sort of one of those things, isn't it? Like, you know, you could ask the same sort of thing to a scientist, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people like molecular biology and some people don't, you know what I'm saying? 
Um, for me, it, you know, I always grew up listening to music, like um, I'm sure everyone else, you know, <laughs> who doesn't listen to music, you know. Um, but I don't know, it was something about, you know, when I got given a Nirvana CD for Christmas one time, and it just like, I mean, for me personally, it just kind of changed my worldview and kind of just, you know, I broke that CD. I played it so much, you know, it's like, it's just one of those things. Uh, yeah, for me, I guess, um, it's just one of the things I like is playing live. So, uh, playing live is pretty cool. Playing so, live. playing live. No, playing live is cool. So, I really like doing that. And, uh, you know, if I was in a band without that didn't gig, then I would probably not even be in a band. Uh, Another cool aspect, I guess, is, uh, you know, getting to play, coming up with riffs and like maybe like working them into songs and being like, you know, you know, I, I did that and now it's a song. And that's kind of cool mm. as well. Just the whole creativity of it, I, I really like. Um, just, yeah, basically, it's very creative. It's very enjoyable for me. And uh, you get to meet a lot of cool people as well. So um, that's one thing. That's three things that I like. So, yeah. Or is that four? I don't know. I don't know how to count. <laughs> several. Nice. Awesome. But um, I want to thank you guys again for giving me this time. I really appreciate it. Uh, where can everybody find you on social media to uh, stay up to date oh, on Lenny Palooza and all that yeah. upcoming stuff? And other Lenore's stuff. Um, it's pretty simple. We're available on Instagram at the Lenores. We're available on Facebook just type in the Lenores and we'll come up. Mm. And uh, we're also, we've got our Spotify, yeah, Spotify. Um, Apple Music, YouTube. We need, to update. we need to update our YouTube. Yeah, don't look on YouTube for another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we're busy. <laughs> That's um, another thing as well, um, bands in town, like there's an app, we're on that as well, um, which is really cool. It's, um, it's in America. Yeah, we've only had a look at it um, just recently, but you know, it's pretty much does what it says, you know, we go and play in central Texas, for example, and mm -hmm. you've got it, you'll be like, oh, the Lenores are here. Yeah, so. band, and band camp as well. Mm -hmm. We Fun fact, we also have our own website. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. our own website. www.thelenores.com. It is the Simple. easiest thing ever, and you've got everything there. We should have said that first. Yeah, I know. Lenores.com has Lenores. everything. You know how hard it is to get just your band name? Right. No, right? <laughs> we were so lucky. We like just decided Lenores, and we just we uh, like the first thing we did was oh, Lenores. I googled it. I went on Apple Music, went on Spotify. There's no band with the name of Lenores. I'm like, all right, sweet. Yeah, nice. like that's that's got to be a good sign if you, you can get your like web address just your band name. Surely there's no one else called the Lenores already. <laughs> well, at least yeah, there's not. <laughs> but yeah, the Lenores.com. Everyone get on it, please. Nice. And I will say, if you guys ever do come to Central Texas, be more than happy to have you guys. Be more than happy to do some really cool. crazy live. I don't and going to America to play. Yeah. Nice. Have You'd to... lose your mind, Tom. You absolutely. All right. You know what? <laughs> no, I don't think that's possible. And I will tell you exactly why. And, Jeff, my audio engineer who lives in Roswell, New Mexico, he's not here tonight, but I'm sure he's going to listen to this, and he already knows the story. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? How's Area 51? <laughs> it actually, if you guys ever did make it out this way, we'd have to get you out to Roswell. It's definitely a must-stop. Nice. Uh, but last year, last not this January, but 2019 January, 
uh, we were going to a bluegrass festival in Florida. And so I was living not in Texas last year. I was living in Northern Florida and we were going to Southern Florida. And he had the idea of bringing his wife and four kids <laughs> to Florida. So they all drove down and all stayed in my one bedroom apartment for six days. Oh, man. So it was me, my buddy, Jeff, his wife, his four kids, and then another buddy of ours. So there was eight of us sitting in or living in a one bedroom apartment for about a week. So I don't and think you guys survived well. <laughs> yeah. We didn't kill each other. We didn't disown each other. We didn't. So I don't think it's physically possible for you guys to drive me crazy. <laughs> You've well, been it all, man. I mean, if you came and saw a show, it might drive you crazy, but um, that's up to us. Okay. I I feel like as long as I got beer in the fridge, we'll probably be all right. Yeah, that's it. Gotcha. Oh, we're going to bring some Aussie beers over. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> None of that Foster shit. Yeah, if, if anyone Actually, drinks Fosters and goes, oh, yeah, this is what they drink in Australia. No one in Australia drinks Fosters. Actually, I mean, I'll, you I'm know what guilty the of enjoying a Fosters here and there, but, you know, there's better stuff. It's almost un-Australian. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? My, when I was really starting to drink out and getting into, like, other types of beer, I used to have the saying, Fosters, it's Australian for shit. Yeah, that's what everyone says. totally true, man. 100%. And so, like, because when I was living with some, when I was doing an internship, uh, we'd always go and just every couple of nights we'd have the pact of, anytime you go to the grocery store to go pick up a 30 rack of whatever we were drinking at the time, we had to go pick up a six pack of either a micro brew or something nobody drinks. So we can kind of get like the feel and somebody came back with Foster's and it's like, I took one sip and I'm like, Foster's isn't Australian for beer. It's Australian for shit. And yeah. Absolute so. trash, Is it even brewed in Australia anymore? I don't think oh, so. Who knows? But, <laughs> it's brewed um, in England, I think. Probably. That yeah, sounds my phone battery about to die so real okay. quick um thank you very much for having us on and we will have to bring some bb some melbourne bitters some Tui's new carlton carlton draft nice. bring all sorts of aussie beers for you to try awesome awesome i would really appreciate it and if you guys oh, oh no you're good no nope, you're good you want to message him just yeah. quick nope you're good you're still on how is Oh, dang, that's unfortunate. But thank you all. Really appreciate it. And we will see you guys in a sec. Man, I hope you all had such a good time with that one because I know I had a blast working with them guys and filming with them. They're an absolute blast. So hope you guys enjoyed it. The ending was a little bit random, unexpected. Didn't expect their phone to die on them. So. We wrapped it up, you know, it is what it is, you know, technology, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but all in all, it is what it is. So that being said, um, it's time to announce next week's Fan Feedback Artist of the Week, and this band, it's a band, 
is from New Zealand. Um, we were introduced to them. They were tagged in one of our posts uh, last week, I believe. And this band's from New Zealand. And it's a band by the name of Seismic State. So if you've been to one of their shows, have some insider information, or got something that you want to say about them, feel free to give us your feedback. Simple enough. That's why we call it the Fan Feedback Artist of the Week. Um, and yeah, just let us know what you think, and we will go from there. So Seismic State, congratulations. You have been selected for next week's Fan Feedback Artist of the Week. And we can't hear what people got to say about you. We can't wait to hear your music. And we can't wait to sit down and chat with you. So, like I mentioned earlier, if you are a fan of Seismic State, you've heard them, you've seen them perform live, please feel free to jump in, give us your feedback, and we will be more than happy to feature it on the podcast next week. So, story time. Um, I, I wanted to, this is a segment type thing that we've been playing with a little bit we haven't done one in a little while just because we haven't been able to get out on the road so we haven't had much of a story to tell but this one I thought was kind of interesting because I was talking to a buddy of mine about it the other day and I want to tell you the story about the first ever music concert I went to and now like most of you the first time you go to one you're like 14 15 you get you go to your favorite band, you know, you go with your friends, first date, you know, whatever it is. Uh, for me, I didn't go to my first concert until I was 21. I, believe. I was either 21 or 22 at the time. And I uh, went with a group of my friends. We went to a Metallica concert at the Rosemont Horizon at the time. I think now it's called the Sears Center. Um and so we went to this Metallica concert, and it was the most mind-blowing experience I've ever had. First off, I remember saying to my buddy at the end of the night, like, damn, you could tell who, like, if you weren't familiar with anybody's music, you could tell who was on stage by the amount of weed smoke that was in the air. Like, the opener played, and it was just kind of like, okay, cool. Then the, the semi-head or the 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 you know the the semi whatever draw whatever you want to call it a little bit of weed came up and it's like oh i smell weed who's smoking and then once metallica came on it was just like full-blown weed everywhere you know it was just really bad and then like the same thing with the mosh pitting it was a really weird experience the opener was the uh there was like one dude in front of the stage just going at it by himself. Nobody was really giving a shit. And then the second band came up and then there would be like little small mosh pits that started. And then once Metallica came on, it was like full-blown ragers. And it was really cool. Um, but I, this was in January 2009. Yeah, January 2009, I went to the Metallica Death Magnetic Tour that was later on renamed the World Magnetic Tour, because um, originally they were just doing two legs, and then it ended up being like this humongous tour that they did for a few years. It was actually really interesting. 
but I, uh, so it was obviously Metallica was the main headliner, but then the opener was this band named The Sword, which I just recently saw their name pop up again as like they're still out touring, um, and which is what made me think of this story. So it was this band named The Sword, and then uh another band who's what was really well known then i'd never heard of them but at the time i wasn't like in the music like i am now uh this band called machine head they uh this was the first time that i experienced where like in my head anytime you go to a concert you're going there for the headliner this show, there was people there just to see Machine Head. They didn't give a fuck about Metallica. They most of them left after Metal or after Machine Head played. And it was like, wow, that was my first experience with that. That's really interesting. Um, so we're going through the night. We're listening to the sword play, and you see like this one random dude down in front of the stage, just hand banging like there's no tomorrow. They get off stage. Machine Head plays, and people are getting into it, and like there's a few small mosh pits breaking out, and it's kind of cool. Then Metallica comes on, and they just melt everyone's faces. It is like the most craziest thing I've ever been a part of. I had my friends who knew I was there that they weren't there. They were blowing up my phone like, oh my god, I just want to hear them play. I've never heard them play live, you know, and that whole thing. And so... They would call me and be like, hey, just want to hear you play, hear them play live. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'd turn the speaker on and just like, you know, just let it blow out their eardrums because there's no way they could fucking hear anything with all that bass and shit going on. Um, so, but the, uh, the most interesting thing was, and this was something that I wasn't, didn't know was happening at the time. Like it was so fucking hot in that arena. Like we got there and it was kind of chilly. You know, you didn't have much room to move around. Like, cause where we were sitting, we were up in the balcony seats. And so you just didn't really have much room to move around. And so it was, it was cool in the beginning, but as the night progressed, it got progressively hotter and hotter, but because we had been there since the beginning, our core body temperatures had kind of rose with the natural temperature. And when we came outside, we were all so hot. We had, none of us had our jackets on. None of us had, like, we were all sitting there in t-shirts. It's snowing outside. It's January in Chicago. So it's like negative 10 degrees. We all walk outside, and the heat from our body is radiating so much that the snow is falling, and it's not hitting our skin. Like, the second it gets within six inches of our body, the heat radiating off of us melts the snow instantaneously. It was the most bizarre feeling, and this might be the most random story I've ever told, but... I wanted to really share this with you guys because I thought it was funny and it was thinking about it the other day. So, you know, I don't pretend to sit here and be like this great musical genius that has all these experiences because I don't like 
up until I was up until I moved out to Roswell, I hadn't really been to any music concerts. Like it wasn't something that I actively did. And then as I started getting into the music in Roswell, it's like, oh well, I gotta go do this, I gotta go do that. And so it's opened me up to all these different opportunities and I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, I just wanted to jump in here really quick and uh, share this story with you. Um, So the uh, next segment is going to be our cover song of the week. It's one of our favorite segments. Uh, This cover song comes from an old friend, Alicia Peru. She was on our live cast. She's going to be on our uh, 24-hour live cast-a-thon this weekend. And uh, I know eventually we'll get her on the jam session. We're, we're working out a few things. We don't want to put the cart before the horse. But she is doing an amazing cover song by Lana Del Rey. And I hope you guys enjoy it.
this, you need this Are you ready for it? 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 All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed that cover song. You know, we had a jam-packed week. It was awesome. It was amazing. No coronavirus is going to slow us down. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, and we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, A couple of things to get off the chest really quick. Next week, we are going to be trying something a little bit different. With the uh, Jam Session podcast, we're going to be trying to do one remotely. Uh, I mentioned earlier we have one in the bag, but I think we're going to try and do something remotely um, just to see how it works. Uh, But, you know, anything can change. So next week we might just have a normal Jam Session podcast. You know, there's just no way to uh, be sure if this thing's going to clear out, but... You know, you got one side saying it's going to be gone in a week. You got the other side saying, no, it's going to be gone in six months. You know, so we're just kind of playing it by ear. But I think next week we are recording uh, this weekend. We are recording one or two remote jam session podcasts. And we're going to try and see if those turn out to be decent sound wise. And if they are, we will start releasing them next week and we will hold off the last in-studio one we have for uh, later down the line once everything kind of blows over because I'm kind of of the mindset that if we come in with all these pre-recorded ones that don't sound exactly the same and we can't say, oh, it's because of coronavirus, you know, there might be a little bit of a disconnect. So because we do have to produce these so far in advance. But that being said, we might try something new next week. We might not. So you're going to have to tune in to see. Um, We may be having a remote. We may be using our last uh, one in the can. But we'll kind of see how things turn out. And, you know, other than that, we want to thank you all for the support. We really love you all. We really appreciate you. And uh, other than that, just keep following us on social media. Please keep sharing this. We're seeing the love. We love it. And we hope you guys will keep pushing and help us get this to uh, where we want to go, which is ultimately making this our full-time deal. So if you guys have time, please give this link a share. Give this podcast a share. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good one.